0: Hello and welcome to the Just Keep Thriving podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Agresta. This podcast was created to empower beautiful humans just like you to embrace their power, expand to new heights, and truly feel like they are thriving. My goal is to provide you with actionable tips, empowering tools, and so much more to attract and create a life that you are completely obsessed with. In this podcast, we're going to cover topics including manifestation, self-love and acceptance, health, spirituality, living a life of passion, having more money, attracting more money, being fully expressed, and so much more. I am beyond excited to have you here, so let's get started. Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome back to the Just Keep Thriving Podcast. This is your host, Johnny Maria Gresta, and today I have one of the most beautiful humans on, Miss Megan Yelaney. She is a six-figure Beachbody coach turned seven-figure business coach. She built a brilliant brand, brilliant connected brand. Um, just being herself, being pretty awkward is her hashtag, and she really does a beautiful job at sharing her life sharing her expertise, being a humble human, while also being a massively successful human in many different ways of the version of success. And today we are here to talk to you about Difficulties in relationship, difficulties in marriage while building a business. So, we have no clue what's about to come out of our <laughs> mouths, but we are complete open books. Yes. Um, Megan has been on my podcast before. I have no clue what episode that is, but I will definitely link that below for
1: you guys. <laughs>
0: and with that being said,
1: welcome, Megan. <laughs> thank you. That was the best intro. Oh my gosh. I was like, I'm going back to my Beach Body days. Um, thank you for that. I really, I just adore you and I'm excited to be here again and have a nice chit-chat. It's it's going to get interesting, I have a feeling. So I'm going to start sweating. I might have to take my sweatshirt off. It's fine. You have a sweaty armpit feeling. Yeah. That's going to come out. A little nervous, but all good. Things that need to be said and, and talked about. So I'm excited.
0: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So for those of you that don't know Megan, she was my, one of my first business coaching coaches, I was in a group coaching program with Amanda Bucci, who was on the podcast last week, I believe if they come out in order. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: uh, she was a co-coach in her Flourish and Conquer group, right? No, Flourish Conquer Academy. I think it was Accelerator at the time. Something like that. Anyway, it's it's no longer in existence. And (laughs) I found Megan and she was not like signed on to me to like, be my individual coach because the program was so big that every co-coach had a uh, had a you know certain amount of students that they were responsible for and handled and I literally like didn't even talk to Megan and then I saw Megan was watching Gossip Girl and then she went to Orange Theory and then somehow I ended up saying yo I need I need you take all my money and she did take a lot of money but also helped me (laughs) make a fuck ton of money (laughs) And it was well fucking worth it. I think I worked with you for what, over a year Mm -hmm. and um, on and off kind of since then. And uh, yeah, she just does a beautiful job of like helping you as a human in your business, really run it the way that you want to. And I think that's, that's just something that really stuck out about you as a coach. Um, and so I'm forever grateful for that. But if you don't know Megan, we'll put all of her information down below. Highly recommend to follow her. Um, but let's get real.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. I, I love working with you. And it's just so anytime I get to work with you or talk to you, I'm just like lit up. You just, you're just like one of those people that takes such responsibility for themselves, what they do, and your actions. And I use you as an example constantly as someone who exemplifies what I call their unique coaching method. Like you just mm-hmm. own that so fully, you don't shy away from who you are. So I just think you're a beautiful example of that. So thank, thank you for you. being an inspiration to me.
0: <laughs> Yay. Okay. So Megan, if you want to give enough a- love right now, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to give a little backstory about anything that I missed in the intro for you, and then, um, your relationship with your husband, where it kind of started, and then we can go through business journeys and relationships brilliancy blessings and struggles and go from there
1: yeah totally you you hit the nail on the head for, I mean for most of it honestly that was kind of the Reader's Digest version I guess or the Cliff Notes version but I did get started in network marketing in long time ago gosh technically I signed up in November of 2011 but I didn't like start the business till 2012. And I dabbled for many years as a lot of people in network marketing do, um, did it the annoying way, the cold message way, as again, many people do. You don't need to do that. If you're a network marketer, I promise I have many friends who are in it and have massive success not doing that. So, um, and then I changed my ways and I realized, Hey, this isn't working and this feels really shitty. So, um, change my ways and just totally took off. Honestly, uh, it took, it totally took off after like, three years two to half of like twiddling my thumb so when you see people take off just remember there's usually a lot of like before that about kind of trying things out throwing things out there half-assing things um so just remember that no one's an overnight success so seemed like that in about a year i was able to totally replace all of my income um i uh, was an actor i still love to act and perform more for fun now but i was doing that full-time that was my full-time gig which even when I was getting booked out pretty regularly, still didn't pay very well, even at like a good professional rate. Um, it's kind of sad. And so I had to supplement that with cocktail dressing. I did a lot of background work on film and television and I was able to totally replace those. That was really exciting and just go all out of my business and my acting. And then I moved back to New York and met my now husband. And that was honestly when I feel like everything changed in my business. I feel like I took it so seriously because I saw my future. I saw my future family. I saw like just a future with him. And he's also very entrepreneurial. He had a ticket broker business. He is professional poker player. He was always starting things. Um, and just like a really kind of startup kind of mindset and entrepreneurial mindset. And so I knew like, I want to make this like full time and not have to rely on any acting if even that's the case and just have it be more of a passion. So went all in and quickly hit six figures in that business. And then hit this point where I was like, I want my own thing because while I still was an independent contractor and was getting paid through my own company, I was at the mercy of what the company put out about what Beachbody put out. And I was also at the mercy of like them changing a lot of stuff. So we went digital, which literally cut my income in half. And that was very eye opening. I was like, okay, we need more than one stream of income. And I believe that's for coaching too. Just having one stream of income is scary sometimes if all of a sudden that goes away. And so that was something that I definitely was like, Oh, we got to change this joined a program, decided to get help. Uh, even though I knew a lot, had learned a lot in business, I still wanted help outside of the network marketing world. And since then we've been building this, uh, business, coaching business slash life coaching business for gosh, I think it's four plus years now. And it's had many iterations, many different focuses And it's still changing so much. Like interview me in January, Johnny, and it'll be completely different than it is right now. (laughs) Like it's just, the thing I've learned in business is nothing is constant and you have to be really adaptable um, and it's hard and it's harder than people like make it sound. And while all those numbers Johnny said are great and have been amazing and a blessing, um, it's also been really fucking hard at points. I can curse here, right? I, it's you. Okay. Yeah. I was like, it's Johnny. What
0: type of question is that? I know. I was
1: like, I know the answer to this. And <laughs> it was it's just so much harder, I think, than people let on. And I try to really make that clear. Um, but I also am the type of person who can really see, I guess that phrase is like, see the forest through the trees. I can really see the bigger vision. I can see the good even in the bad. So I do have that, how are you so happy disposition? And it's like, I know we'll dive into this, even when my marriage is falling apart, even when. I was working twelve plus hour days and on calls all the time. I genuinely still was happy. I just was like not as happy as I should be and not as fulfilled as I should be. But um, we can dive into that. But that's essentially like the the story. So you know, we have amazing clients, amazing business, love who I work with, um, and a lot is changing in the next few months too. So that's exciting as well. So yeah. Yeah.
0: Thank you for all that. I think. The biggest things that really stick out is just like your your realness about how it can how it is fucking hard you know and I was talking about this with a few different clients where they're like I just wish that people shared mm. more about what hard is and like specifically is and yeah. I feel like for me that was the same with um I would say masturbation wow where is my head <laughs> <Even> with marriage <laughs> i love it where like people (laughs) where people say marriage is hard no one fucking tells you what the hard is and very few people actually share specifics and obviously not everybody is is going to share specifics And we can get as specific or as non-specific as we want so I, i think the thing to always remember is that like when people say it is hard but don't share it like understand that it's really fucking hard Mm -hmm. (laughs) whether we share the details or not we don't need somebody else's experience to confirm that it's okay that something is hard for us like just understand that people struggle as humans we struggle as business owners we struggle there's never a point that we get to where we have it all figured out Mm -hmm. where we're not struggling or pivoting or shifting or expanding or taking away something you know Mm -hmm. and I think this there's this like ideal that like, once you get to a certain amount of years in your marriage or a certain amount of years in business that, well, Megan doesn't struggle with her launches anymore. Well, she can't possibly struggle with money anymore. She can't possibly struggle with this anymore. And it might not be exactly the same as it used to be at previous levels, mm-hmm. but it's at different levels.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. You know?
0: <laughs> and so I feel like that's kind of like the theme of this podcast is relating like, the hard that we experience in our business to relationships and vice versa. You know what I mean? It's all the fucking same.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. It's like, you know, that phrase it's, I feel like it's overused, but I guess it does kind of depict what it is. New levels, new devils. It's really true. Like it doesn't get easy. Certain things get easier, but then new problems come about. and. It, like you hit the nail on the head. It's not, launches don't necessarily get easier because you also, I've way more on launches now. So it, they're also like more costly and we need it more to work out. And so there's just so much more at play. Um, especially if you have a team to support and all this stuff and it just gets so, it can be very overwhelming, but again, you just have to go into it with the, like, this is truly what I meant to be doing. This is like, would I be doing anything else etc and also like being willing to change the plan. I've had to be so open to that especially this year especially going into 2022 like my business is going to look completely different and it's like that's okay. Like you're allowed to change your plans to match your personal life and where you want it to go and all that. So I know we'll we'll dive into that but just giving you permission. Don't don't think you have to hold on to something just because it's what you've always done. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I love that. Okay, so let's get into some relationship stuff. So if you can explain a little bit about yours and Mike's um, relationship, where it started, and yeah, let's just see what comes up.
1: Yeah, he's gonna be jealous. He's gonna be like, wait, I want to be on a podcast, so... We you maybe. Can wake Mike up. And- <laughs> He's sleeping still.
0: You're <laughs> welcome to come.
1: <laughs> We've such different schedules. He goes to bed at like one. I go to bed at like nine. <laughs> um, but we should do a couples podcast one day. That'd be fun. Um, so yeah, so my husband and I we met in 2012, got married in 2016, and um my business really took off in Beach Body in 2015. Then 2016 was like my first six figure year. And, and it was amazing. Like it fully paid for our wedding. He was able to quit his New York City corporate job and go full-time in his ticket business um, and really pursue that. And so it was such a blessing and, and it was great. But I will say, and this is something that like, I've talked to a lot of people about their relationships and marriages during, you know, during building your business. It's not, I don't think marriage, I don't think business necessarily creates problems. I think it exacerbates problems that were there because I, I see this constantly, but my business really, really took off. I would say 2018, 2019, um, like double, tripled, then, then five times, right. As far as income goes. And that was the hardest year of our marriage, but it was stuff that we've been dealing with since before we got married. And I always wanted to make that clear. It's not like magically my business created all these issues. It just made what was already not great, like really not great. (laughs) And for me, business became, especially in 2018 and 2019, when I knew like, okay, like we're not really dealing with our stuff. We're kind of like escaping by traveling and, and, and honestly spending money that we're making. Gosh, we're going to save so much more money. Anyway, that's here. Not here there. Neither here nor there (laughs) when I think back to that. Um, I use my business as a complete escape. So for me, it wasn't that like I was working because I felt I had to, to make all the money. Like, sure. That was part of it. But because I was like, I don't even know how to control this. I'm going to just work more because I know how to control that. So I use my business as a complete escape. I took on lots of clients. I took on lots of business because it was something I was good at that I knew was like, for sure. When in my marriage, I was like, this feels like something I'm not good at right now because I'm not fixing it. And it wasn't for sure. So it's like, it's just like anything you can control, right? You just do it more and more and more. And it was almost like an addiction. And so that was a huge part of it is I used it really, really as that big escape. And I could dive into some other aspects, but I don't know if you want to like talk about that because I'm sure you guys can relate to that too.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, thank you for sharing all of that. I didn't know that you guys met in 2013, 2012, would you say?
1: Technically we actually went to high school together. So we actually met, gosh, I graduated in 2005. I think we met in like 2000,
0: mm-hmm. maybe even
1: in middle school. We were in band together, but we like didn't talk. So I don't really count that. Yeah. But yeah there's nice. we were not high
0: school sweethearts. <laughs> uh, that, that's when Joe and I uh, met and started dating in 2013. I didn't realize oh, that that's it was so Yeah. Um, something that really stuck out to me was the like this is what I'm good at and right now I don't know how to be good at the other thing which is marriage or (laughs) relationship so I can just mask it with you know all of these other things and I definitely resonate with um is traveling and spending money (laughs) to to kind of like, you know, it's like you think as an entrepreneur, like when you start making all that money, the laptop lifestyle, all that stuff, which is like, great. I fucking love traveling. I love working when I travel, all the things. I also love not working, (laughs) 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 traveling, but you know, it's like, Oh yeah. You know, Meg and Mike went here. Johnny and Joe went here. And Oh my goodness. That must've been so amazing, blah, blah, blah. But when we go back to the idea that, you know, what we show on Instagram in that moment is likely not what's actually going on underneath or could not be the thing that's actually going under on underneath. And it's like, you know, we develop these stories that like, oh, they must be so happy because they have all this money they can travel all the time. They can eat whatever they want. They don't have to worry about their bills. They probably have no credit card debt. They probably don't have this, probably don't have that. So what could possibly be wrong? Like we start mm-hmm. to project what we feel is wrong with ourselves or why we want more money, where we need more money. And then because we see Meg and Mike so happy in Tulum, or I don't, know, I don't think you guys have been to Tulum, but Italy, you know, <laughs> and it just brings it down to like this very real place that, that you never know what the fuck is going on, whether it's in a launch or whether it's in a certain income level or a marriage, you know? And um, yeah, my question to you is how did you start to realize that this was a pattern? Like your business was skyrocketing. I totally Mm -hmm. resonate with that. When I worked with you, my business was skyrocketing. I totally ignored the Mm -hmm. fact that my relationship was just like it wasn't bad in the sense of like we were yelling at each other and like we had like had that experience and then we moved past it. Mm -hmm. But, um, I essentially built my business out of a need to be loved. And I didn't know how to be loved Mm -hmm. if I wasn't making money or being massively successful in the way that I, that I determined it. I started my business like right after Joe cheated on me and Mm -hmm. like we moved to Austin and it gave me massive fire. Don't get me wrong. Like (laughs) when I started working with you I was like go and I went and it was great (laughs) but it was just like I I was ignoring the part of me that felt disconnected from him disconnected from myself all these other things and you know more money didn't fix it more money made it fucking worse because It's like, there's only a certain point where I got to where I couldn't keep ignoring the fact that my intention was no longer in alignment. Once I learned what love is, once I learned mm-hmm. what loving myself was aside from the money I could make or how brilliant I am, or like just unconditional love and same yeah. for him. So for me, it was like a gradual process of like, Hey, bitch, stop ignoring this, stop ignoring this. And I ignored it for a long time. And eventually mm-hmm. it was like, okay, well, I can't ignore it because my business is no longer working anymore because yeah. Um, I can't keep going the way that I'm going. I cannot produce the same income. I cannot produce the same clients. I cannot produce the same me anymore without addressing this part. So for me, it was like income dropped. My business just was like, I was what the fuck am I doing? Like this is not an alignment anymore. I couldn't ignore it.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, and so I
0: was forced to look at it. Um, but I'm curious to know if there was like a certain moment for you or if there was like a or if it was Mm -hmm. gradual or like what that experience was where you realized like, okay, I have to start paying attention to this.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's such a great, it's such a great question. And I just, I obviously not, I don't love that you guys went through the same thing, but I love that we can relate on that because I know so many people are like shaking their heads right now. And like, Oh crap. Yes. It's really easy to ignore something when something else is going good. Right. You're like, well, that's great though. So let me just lean into this a little bit. Right. And like you said, you know, one in 2019 specifically, like, well, it was 2018 and 2019, like we didn't, we never really fought we weren't fighters, um, but we just started to, we, we always had a really incredible friendship and we thought good communication until we started relationship coaching, realized, wow, the not of good communication, <laughs> which is hysterical. Um, but we just had such a beautiful respect for each other and friendship and support. Um, and that started to disappear. That started to be like, it started to be very separated. And that was something... I thought about diving into when I first was talking, but I was like, these are a lot of points. Let's break it up. So glad you asked that because that was the biggest red flag in 2019 was like, we were so separate in how we did everything. So when we got married, we actually didn't join bank accounts, which um, I'm not a relationship or marriage you know, coach or financial coach. So don't take this, my word for this but I have talked to many financial coaches. I've talked to many people who are have very successful marriages. And they said, the longer you stay separate with that stuff, the more you feel separate. And to me at the time, I was like, wait, this makes no sense. Our, we're really rocky. Why would we combine finances? I'm making all the money, you know, like no way. So I ignored everyone. Um, and at the time I think it's what I needed to do, but that made it feel very separate. We did not feel like partners. It felt like, I was paying for this. You were paying for this. Hey, I'm making more money with this, so you can't use this for that. And it was just—it felt so separate. We felt like we were in high school, like counting pennies for what we were paying, and and it just felt very like it didn't feel like a marriage, it didn't feel like a partnership at all. And and the thing when I look back to it, like he never once questioned any of my investments. He said, "If you believe in it, go for it." Like I never felt like I had to ask permission. And when we started dating, he's the one who was making more money. He's the one who's paying for all of our bills um, out. He was paying for the rent usually. And so when that switched, um, because it switched so dramatically and my income went up so much more, it felt like that was mine. I worked so hard, so I deserve all that. And I started to take for granted the stuff that he did besides make money, um, the stuff he did around the house, the stuff that he did for our life, like Everything in our life, he plans to this day. Like, I don't plan flights, I don't plan Luna stuff, I don't plan any of it. He does it all. And I started to really take all that for granted. And the separateness is really, I think, what kind of got us to rock bottom. And so by the end of 2019, I actually saw you, Johnny, in person in Texas. And I believe that we need to go back to Austin to re, um, uh, what's that word? Like, um, just a redo, like a, a a do over. Um, there's another word that'll come to me because that was like the beginning of the end. That really was like, we knew when we went on that trip, we were like, okay, we were just so separate. We were literally like at the end of the night after dinner, we would go into separate rooms and watch separate shows, but very amicably, you know? And I remember talking to you and telling you like, Hey, I don't think this is, I think I need to do something about it. And it got to that point where, i didn't no amount of money was making me happy and i think that's when i realized like this is not necessarily my business's fault it's not these are just underlying issues we needed to deal with but something needs to change because we're not happy and money's not making me happy and i kept thinking if i just make more money and we can go on this next trip or we can get this nice apartment or we can do this or that and it just never worked and it never made me happy. Um, yeah. So that's kind of was like the big, big red flag. And by the end of 2019, we just realized we needed time apart. And so in 2020, we decided to separate for six months to really work on ourselves. So we can dive into that too, if you want.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for all of that. and to yeah. being so real. I remember you coming to Austin and um, we were drinking champagne or wine or something. I don't know. I puked massively that night. That was the last time I'd gotten drunk. I puked over my staircase. It was an awful um, experience. And then I gave up alcohol for like eight months this year. And like now I have like a glass here or there but that's it anyway, <laughs> that's, I know the way to go though <laughs> I just remember us starting to drink and then yeah you had opened up about that and we we got tarot cards right do you remember those yes. Tarot cards and I remember that you were asking questions oh. about your marriage and it said um something like you're either not going to be with him or you're going to be with a completely different version of him which we can get into
1: like yes. what happens
0: there but yeah oh, i so fucking right so, I love that
1: you remember that so clearly. That's amazing. Yeah, I was freaking out after that session. I was like, because they were, yeah, exactly. They're like, or someone else, or a different version of him. And yeah. I thought someone else, because yeah. I couldn't imagine a different him thing. being different. And I had to change too. So it wasn't all on him, trust me. But yeah, yeah. totally. That was great. Yeah.
0: Pretty- I think that it's very interesting how, like, you know, your income at that point was still skyrocketing, and you were in a place where you were just like, I could keep buying all the things, but I can't keep ignoring this, you know, Mm -hmm. whereas my experience was complete opposite. It was like, Hey, (laughs) none of this is going to keep working because you're so like, I was already aware of what happened, you know, Mm -hmm. that I was just like, I I can't show up this way. I can't do this. I can't. Yeah. I just couldn't (laughs) do anything. It was, it was, um, But yeah, so it sounds like you went through a period of just um, like almost like ignoring and like being Mm -hmm. aware of the problem, but like, nope, it's not a problem. Nope, it's not a problem. I'm going to use all these other things to control and to fix and silence the problem, right? When we lose control in one area, we try and gain control in another because our ego does not like to lose control. There's a part of us that is so uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. whereas, whereas in the reality of things, you have no control over anything fucking like ever. (laughs) you know you can do all the things and it can still not work right or you can Mm -hmm. get the thing and then you fucking hate the thing which is also common and so um I'm interested to know um what your experience was and I'll explain my experience a little bit first but like what your experience was around um like making this decision like do I leave do I not leave because for Mm -hmm. me I, ke- I kept telling Joe, it was really unfair to him too, but like I was trying to be honest and have open communication. And <laughs> I kept telling Joe that, you know, it's easier for me to leave you. Like it's hard, oh. but it's way easier for me to leave you than to stay with you. And he's mm. like, I don't fucking get this. Like what the hell is, and he was such a nice human. He was like, Mm -hmm. somehow so grounded somewhat in that space. I just remember having conversation and it was like, it was changing every day. I was like, I was completely bipolar. It was like one day, Oh my goodness. I love you. Thank you so much. You're taking care of things around the house. He wasn't working at that point. He was working for me and just helping me with my business. Awful decision. We will never go back into that place, but that's fine. Um
1: (laughs) (laughs) It only works for a few rare people that I know. Like one of my really good clients and good friends it's like works great, but they have such a specific roles and both are very important roles. I don't want to say his role wasn't important, but like yeah. and shakers in the company. I yeah. think it's really hard to make that work though. It's a rare breed of people. We can't do it. He, he doesn't work for me either.
0: Well, I was in a place of like, I'm better than you. Like subconsciously, mm-hmm. everything that he did, whether it was make us food, go food shopping, we had a massive 2,500 square foot house that he was cleaning every day. We have two dogs, he was taking them out all the time. And there was a part of me that still felt I'm better than you. Like there was still a hierarchy in our marriage. And that's the way that we got into this relationship. I was in the, like, I'm going to fix you. I'm going to help you. He was a drug dealer when I first met him. Then he stopped being a drug dealer. He -hmm. didn't go to school. I was like, go to school. I can only be with someone who goes to school. Sorry. I don't think that's a thing. You can totally not go to school. If I could go back, I would do a lot of things differently. (laughs) not make him go to school, but I thought that like my track was the best track and that because I could do this and I, can be really smart at this and I can get straight A's at this and look now I can make this money I'm somehow better than you and money became that hierarchy too that no matter how much money I made and I was like hey like use this for whatever you want or whatever he felt my energy around it was like you better not fucking use that because I fucking worked my ass off and you couldn't create that it was this like really awful side of me that would manipulate would belittle would do all of these things that i was taught to do because that's how my family like treats each other it was just my conditioning and i didn't understand that <laughs> that's not how you do marriage but i also wasn't aware of it until i became aware of it and i was like ah oh, you giant ass fuck johnny oh my god that is awful <laughs> giant
1: ass fuck <laughs> oh my god
0: and so i i feel you with like the do we do separate finances do we do combined finances and um yeah right now we're getting back into combined finances but I know a lot of people who have had massively successful marriages who were like don't fucking do that even the tarot card reader that um I had when I went with you um Mm -hmm. I went back again and I you had her the first time so I had her afterwards and uh She's like, yeah, no, don't, don't mm-hmm. do that. My husband pays for his part. I pay for my part. But for me, that personally just feels very separate and mm-hmm. I don't, it doesn't resonate with me. And so yeah. somebody can tell you to do something, but if it doesn't feel yeah. true for you, um, you can't fucking do it. Right. Yeah. That's what I think is so hard about business, about life is, and marriage, especially is just like, no one can tell you what to do because what works for one person is not going to work for another person. Yeah. You know, and so you exactly. have to really tune into what's, you know, important for you and stuff like that. Um, yeah. yeah it, it's hard when you see parts of yourself that you don't, that you've been ignoring and been trying to push yeah. away and, you know, 100%. I'll just be better. I'll just be better. I'll just be better. But you're thinking better is like a very specific way versus looking and just being honest with yourself and saying, what am I doing here?
1: Yeah. And also like sticking to along those same lines, it's like, not what works for one person won't work for the other, right? But also timelines. Like everyone's timeline is different. And, you know, I wanted to be a mom when I was like 30. Like I've been ready for so many years. And my timeline is way different than I thought it would be. And it's kind of like I have to let that go and be like, hey, this is happening for a reason. Like you it will happen when it's meant to and all that. And that's been just a letting go. Like when we got separated, I was like, I feel like I'm starting over oh my gosh, I'm too old to start over, which is just such bullshit anyway, but like all of these things. But then I realized like, we needed to like step back to spring forward essentially. And I know you guys experienced that same thing. And when we did separate, it gave him the space to really work on himself without me breathing down his back. Like, are you working on yourself? Are you working on yourself? (laughs) Like every day. Um, and it gave me the space to just do the same. I was already working myself, but I was doing it again from this different place. So in 2020, that's when everything went, you know, went went to shit when COVID came, and we didn't realize we were getting separated during a pandemic. So that added a whole new layer. Um, but in a way, it was it was good because it forced us to stay separated even longer, um, and we needed that. Otherwise, I think we would have been tempted to get back together a little bit earlier than we were ready for. And so about six months, we stayed apart. And when we came back, we this whole time, we've been with a relationship coach, I should say, since, gosh, beginning of 2018. And we knew, or no, no, beginning of 2019, during my whole growth year, we were working with someone every single week because we knew how much help we needed. So we didn't like separate as a lot, la- as a, like the first thing, it was like a last resort. We'd already been working very, very intensely for a year. And so at this point it had been like two years, I believe, and still was working with her and came back together. And it was just completely different when we got back together. Now we still had our shit. Gosh, do we still have our shit? Please. Like we still have a lot to work through. No one, you'll never not have that. So I just want to make that really clear. We still have our, our bad days, etc. But like our communication is completely different. We are so honest. We don't fester, we don't let it in, we let it out, which means I cry a lot more. He cries a lot more, <laughs> more often. But I'm like, wow, what a release to get it out though, you know? And it's just a completely different relationship. Um, and it's something that even though things, some things happen slower than I want them to, I know this is the timeline we're on and it's meant to be. And one thing with business that I will say, and some people will disagree with this, but again, this is my truth, obviously. Um, that phrase always makes me laugh, but it is true. Um, is that I didn't share until way after I did not share while I was in it. And I do this with business too. I won't share a struggle while I'm in it because I'm coming from this like heightened, like defensive place, right? Whereas like, I'll share a year later. I just shared about a really bad investment I made last year. And it was like a year later, I shared that story. I shared about our separation a year and a half later. Like this kind of stuff takes time to process. So I encourage you, while I I love authenticity and I love being honest with your audience, don't do it at the expense of your emotional well being. Like you don't owe anyone anything, I didn't have to tell anyone the story, but I felt ready and called to, and I knew so many people would would benefit from hearing it, so do it when you're ready. That was something I was so glad that I waited, and I think I did a pretty good job. Uh, some people could tell, but most couldn't, that we were separated, so that was interesting, um, and honestly, like how I felt like I showed up still authentically even while we were separated and and, you know, it was, co- well, one, I think was COVID. Everyone was very distracted. Um, but I, le- I leaned into the parts of me that didn't, weren't in this relationship. That part was authentic. That part was me, right? You could be having shit going on in your life and show up on camera and it would still be authentic because shit will always be going on in your life. <laughs> like, so that was something that helped me like, feel like I wasn't lying is I did have great parts of my life. I was able to spend a lot of time with my my mom and I was able to sing and I was able to tap back into my creativity and serve my clients really well. So I leaned into that part of myself and I shared that part. So lean into the parts that do feel authentic. You don't have to share all of you all the time with everyone. That's a big thing I learned in the last two years too.
0: Yeah, I love that. So you're probably gonna hear my dogs go off. Um, (laughs) yeah I love I love that about you that you're just so clear with like jesus christ sorry (laughs) um with like what you need in order to like get your business done in an authentic way um i was more in the realm of i'm gonna share what i can which is just like hey we're living in different states hey i don't know what's going on i don't have anything to say about it but i'm gonna share like whatever is coming up and i didn't share I still haven't shared a lot of things that are coming up on this podcast and just in general, Jesus, Nina is going crazy. Anyway, (laughs) um, Joe's coming home. That's fine. But uh, yeah, she loves him. But um, yeah, it was just like, I didn't share the parts of myself that, you know, thought I was going to leave him. I didn't Mm -hmm. share the parts of myself that we were questioning going into an open relationship. And I started talking to someone and flipped my fucking shit. and was like, whoa, I can't do that. I'm not ready for that. Like I didn't share those things, but I shared the general aspect of, Hey, I'm living in Colorado. Joe is not here. We actually need space from each other. Like I was very open with that. But um, my coach at the time, Jess Benstock was like, Johnny, like, just don't, I know you like to share stuff. I encourage, and she doesn't give many direct recommendations, but she's like, I encourage you to just take your own space to process and Mm -hmm. delay teaching on things, delay sharing things, because what's going to come out of you right now is not going to be clear for you and you're gonna it's kind of just gonna get convoluted and a lot of times we like to say something profound and something you know where i can teach you something and pay me for something and you know look what i overcame like we like to come from that place and trying to do that too soon can fuck with your actual experience of what's going on and fuck with your perception of it when you're trying to rush and be the expert in something that you are
1: completely fucking lost in right yeah. Oh my gosh. So yes, everything you said. And I agree. Like exactly. That's why I said some people might disagree because they not disagree, but like they want to share in the moment. And I don't think there's a right or wrong. Right. Yeah. But I love that she said, like, it's, you can share like some context, but maybe don't try to, like you said, make it a teaching moment when you haven't even learned the lesson yet. <laughs> like yeah. I didn't learn the lesson until a long time after. So it was pretty much that. And You know, and it's just like, there were things this year in business has been, I know we've talked about this a lot for me, the hardest year of business I've ever had. And for most people I know, even if they've had great financial years, it's still been the hardest year they've ever had way harder than 2020, um, way harder. And I won't actually probably create something that reflects this year until 2023, because that's how long it's going to take me to process this year. <laughs> like It's going to take a while, you know, but that's okay. Like give your, I think we, you, you hit the nail on the head. Like we feel like we have to rush all this stuff. Like, okay. Got to share that in the moment. You can create a month's worth of content and not share it for months. Like you don't have to post something just because it came to your head that second. That's something I had to really let go of. I don't know why I used to think that. And it's the same thing with your life. Like. Shit can happen that you share a year later and it's like when you really are reflecting on it, it will still be relevant, I promise, especially if it has to do with a relationship, it will always be relevant.
0: Yeah, I hear that. Um, Something that comes up for a lot of my clients, I haven't, I've kind of experienced it. I was like in a place where Joe's family didn't know that we were living in separate states Mm. so we would have to three-way call people because it had already been you know a month or something like that we had already talked to them and then we didn't realize that they didn't fucking know (laughs) we're like what and his, (laughs) his family is very secretive with like honesty it's very interesting and my family just yells at each other and stuff so um I had told them that they don't have like a you know this is my truth. How are you doing today? or you know, they're just yeah. like, just literally yelling it's it's quite awful um so it's like on the one hand, my family was like, "Oh well, good, fucking leave him if he's weighing you down, you have a successful business, fucking leave him but and they were like <laughs> pressuring me for this like they're they're highly against like <laughs> i don't want to say marriages, but they've all been through a lot of shittiness in their relationships and nobody has done the actual work I think my mom is just starting to do work
1: mm-hmm. after
0: being widowed and then divorced and then realizing the same patterns keep coming up and she's yeah. you know going to be 60 and she's like ah I gotta do something <laughs> But um, you know having pressure on one side who like wants you to do something also they didn't like the fact that he kissed another girl and we still stayed together mm-hmm. and then I had um, my dad's side who was just like um, you know, whatever you want, sweetie, but like, you know, I, I think you're better off without him. Like still trying to tell me when I wasn't asking. And so, um, I was struggling with that at the same time that I was struggling with, you know, I'm sharing certain things on Instagram, like big picture things. Like this is where I am. I don't know what's going on, you know, whatever. And then his family, like, you're going to post it on Instagram. You're going to tell people that your marriage isn't doing well right now. You're going to tell people you're in Colorado and he's in Austin. And I'm like, they're going to see mountains where I am and they're going to see Texas where he is. Yeah. Many of my followers know each other. A lot of my clients work with Joe as well and vice versa. So I was like, yeah, and they're like, oh, but so-and-so is going to talk. And I'm like, and? Yeah. <laughs> like this, if they want to talk to me, they can talk to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm wondering, and my clients go through this as well. They'll share something about their past or their struggles with their dad or, you know, anxiety that was, you know, from their childhood or something. And then they get fucking reamed from mm-hmm. people, like, serious hate shit. That hasn't happened to me, luckily. But I'm wondering if you had any experience around, like, um, you know, family backlash or, mm-hmm. um, yeah, what that was for you because
1: you're pretty open about it now
0: you know yeah yeah you know we've
1: been so lucky like just hearing you say all that i was like oh my heart goes out to you because like it's hard enough to separate from someone let alone like then receive shit from other people for it (laughs) it's like okay i didn't ask your opinion thanks (laughs) unsolicited advice um and you know deep down you're doing it for what you need right and what your what your marriage needs and we were very lucky. We received pretty much only support um, from both sides. Um, very, very lucky. My mom's been divorced twice and, like, tried immensely both times. I mean, like, stuck it out way longer than she should have, you know? And so she is one of those, like, you don't give up until you know it's done, but you don't also want to live a life not unhappy either. So she's was like, so held the most amazing space for me. And I lived with her for about a month and a half, which was amazing. Um, and so having that was really great. And someone who's gone through it, who loves my husband, um, and loves, you know, us together, but is also like, you need to do what's best for you, but you need to take this time and not make any rash decisions. Um, I really, she just basically uh, confirmed what we were doing, which was really great. I do come from a family where my sisters uh, are born again Christian and um, never, you know, have been divorced. Uh, Neither has my, my brother. And so everyone, I was more nervous about them, honestly. And again, such support, such love, such understanding and to be quite honest i was very shocked that we actually didn't get any when i shared about on social media i'm very lucky none of my family really is on social media um i'm so blessed they're on facebook now i didn't share it on facebook i don't really go on my personal facebook i only go on my my group um and the couple people that are on instagram i like they don't see my stories like i block them from seeing my stories it's very few people that's why um so honestly i didn't get any because they just didn't see so i don't know if this is the best advice but like i've had clients do this and i think you gotta do whatever protects you block people who don't want to see your shit. i think that is totally fine and who you're just like i don't feel like explaining you've got to protect your energy Especially if you're a people pleaser, which I am for sure a recovering people pleaser. And I was like, I would rather just block this person from seeing this right now than have to like emotionally deal with this. I wasn't it. I was just wasn't ready for it. So do that. But at the end of the day, like when Mike told his family and I told mine, we really just said, this is why we're doing this, and this is why this will help us. This is why we have to do this for our marriage. Like for us, the separation wasn't, you know, let's see if we like being alone better, it wasn't really that. The purpose was truly to work on ourselves separately so we could come back and work on it together. Um, It wasn't like, let's see if this is the life we want versus being together. So some people do separate for that reason. And that's different. That's a whole other different conversation. For us, it was really like, we need this space. Let's see how we are when we reunite kind of thing. Um, and so I think they knew that too. So they were really excited about that, but we just really communicated with them. We said, this is why we're doing this. And we set boundaries. Like, you know, he's a little bit more of a hard ass than I am. He's definitely got the New Yorker in him a little bit more. Uh, and he's like, you know, this is my life. Give, don't give me your opinion because I don't care. <laughs> like, I'll just tell you, like, don't, don't, uh, don't give me unsolicited advice. And his family knows that about him. So I think that's also why we didn't get too much. So, um, communicate, sit them down, make them understand why you're doing this and and what you need from them. I think that's really big is tell them what you need from them. And sometimes what you need is them not to judge you. And that's it. Like, Hey, if you want to silently judge me, go do it all you want, but don't make me feel that any don't make me feel bad. I just need support and love right now. Um, and I need space or whatever you feel you need. So yeah, yeah we were really lucky. We didn't have Thank too you. much.
0: That's epic. And you I know really close to your families too. Yeah.
1: We're, we're both very close to both of ours. Like I consider his, my in-laws like, uh, you know, they're really, I'm really close to them. I'm very lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, to have amazing in-laws and it, it definitely, it brought us closer with them for sure. Once we got back together, it was like the second we saw his dad, he just starts crying. Like he was so happy, (laughs) you know, but they were also so respectful and not wanting to like step on toes and all of that. Um, We also have older parents. I don't know if that makes a difference, but my parents had me when they were like in their late, late thirties, like 39. So um, yeah. yeah. So it's just like, I think a little different. They've both been divorced many times. So it was just like a you know, it was a, uh, a, coming at it from a different perspective. And I think just having lived a life and being like, we've seen you crazy kids be entrepreneurs and figure it out. I think you can figure this out too. Kind of thing, you know?
0: Yeah, that's epic. Um, what was the turning point for you where you realized like, mm, this, this is, this can work.
1: You know, it's funny. I was watching the TV show. You, have you seen that?
0: I have not, but okay. I've seen like the thing on in, on uh, Netflix, right?
1: Yeah. I won't like spoiler alert it because it's season three. So if you haven't finished it, let me know how you like it after you do watch it. I We binge watched it on the plane. And then this weekend <laughs> we watched it all on the weekend. And there was one part where one of the um, characters basically told the main, uh, one of the main girl characters, um, you have to choose every day. Like she said, I don't believe in soulmates. Like I don't, I don't know if he's my soulmate, but I chose him and I choose to work at it every day. And it's funny because when I was younger, I used to totally believe that. Like, oh, we each get like a a number of people. We get a soulmate and all of that. And I don't believe that anymore. I don't believe Mike's my soulmate necessarily. Um, I believe like the turning point for us was when I went, I'm choosing this. Like I am actively choosing this knowing it's going to take a lot of work, but also knowing we have such a deep foundation you can actively choose something but if your partner is not on the same page if they're not listening to you if they're not willing to work on themselves if they're not willing to go to counseling or therapy or coaching you can't work with that and so that was something that if he wasn't willing to do that i would have 100 left but for me seeing how much work he did on himself seeing how willing he was to do anything he was like i'll go to whatever coaching i'll go to whatever retreat I will eye gaze with you all day long because we did this like eye-gazing thing that literally stared at each other for like an hour. And I couldn't believe he did it. And I was like, whoa, what's happening? You're who are you? Like so much stuff he was willing to do showed me like one how much he loves me and he's willing to like go for it. But two, just how like adaptable he is because life's gonna be hard and change. And and so having that was really telling. And that's when I was like, all right, this is the person. Um he's always gonna try, even through the hard times. Um I'm willing. And we, already, we always had the love never like died. It dimmed for sure. Definitely dimmed. And I questioned that. I questioned, do I love this person anymore? Mm-hmm. But I realized it, it was always there. It was just dimming because of mm-hmm. frustrations and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that was the biggest turning point for me. was going, I'm going to decide to choose him every day because we have such great foundation and because he's always willing to work on himself. Mm-hmm. If you're in a situation where you don't have that and they're very pushback and resistant um, don't force yourself to choose that. Cause that's want to. that's not healthy. Right. I, I had those healthy foundations. So now when like I'm pissed at him or he's not pulling his weight or whatever it is, I can go back to that and remember that. And I can be honest with him and say, Hey, I'm pissed at you. You're not doing what I, what I thought you would. And we just talk about it and we work through it.
0: I love that. I, I think it also mirrors the, um, no what is flying over me right now? I don't know if you're <laughs> whatever, like randomly, really loud anyway, um it mirrors the like decision to choose your business, you know yeah. it's like you have this desire, you have this connection to your mission or what you think your mission is when you start or whatever, and like you actively choose to make it work because you understand that Mm -hmm. choosing to make it work also means that you're going to not know what the fuck you're doing a lot of the fucking time Mm -hmm. and I think it's the same thing with marriage like we get into marriage especially those of us who get into it when we're younger I don't really know what younger is but like I was or just in a committed relationship from younger you know and you end up getting married to that person it's just like you, you think it's just like, okay, they're my soulmate. I'm so happy. We've worked through so much stuff already. Like, it's going to be great. Like, I, I understand it's going to be hard, but like, again, you don't know what that hard is. And yeah. when you are operating unconsciously and you are operating from a place of manipulation or whatever parts of our shadow side that kind of come out um, and we don't know, then that hard just kind of like punches you in the face. And like, when you say i'm committed to my marriage that's what you're choosing and again i agree with megan you don't have to stay in a marriage i'm not in like you have to be married to the person if you said you're gonna be married like that's not a thing Mm -hmm. but i think that being really real with yourself and looking at like where am i projecting where am i manipulating where am i um just I, i don't fucking like this like what the hell is going on and being open and saying that and having someone be reciprocative, reciprocal, whatever it is, like mm. understand that and be okay with that is yeah. really important. And an activity that I did for myself was I'm like, well, what do I actually value? I thought that I valued this and I thought I valued that. And like clearly that blew up in my face. So I don't value that in the dude, a man, mm. a boy. I don't know. I still consider myself a girl. So I guess a boy, <laughs> not a woman <laughs> going to be 29 in two weeks, but not a woman. Um, mm. And like, I got real and I'm like, I want someone who's willing to work. On things mm-hmm. because no relationship is ever going to be perfect, like ever close yeah. to perfect. I want someone who's going to love me even when I am a really big asshole and I'm not even realizing it. Yeah. And who's able to call me out and who I respect enough to say, huh, maybe they're right, right? Yeah. And who's willing to go through a lot of different iterations of Johnny with me because. Mm-hmm. I don't know and obviously I have to love fucking them I have to love them as a human and like what does it love actually mean to me and where am I not in alignment with that and where am I just creating shit to create shit because yeah. I thought that love was creating shit for each other and then yelling at each other because that's what I
1: thought it was <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what was modeled to you right like that's yeah. We can always blame our past and our parents. It's great.
0: 100%. (laughs) So before I ask you my final question, is there anything that you would like to share with my audience around relationships, business, any recommendations that you have anything that is on your heart?
1: Mm, I just love what you, what you just said, honestly. Um, It really like you guys are mirrors for each other, you know, looking for, I think you just put it so well, they need to love you even when you're, shitty even when you're constantly complaining when you're crying you know when you're at your worst right and we said that in our vows and it's funny I think back to our vows and I'm like wow like through sickness and in health and all that stuff through better for worst I'm like that is like really true like those are so true like he has been pretty sick in certain situations and right when we got married and I had to like do things I never thought I'd have to do basically I was a nurse in ways that I never thought I'd have to help my husband and I was like, we're really living this vow hardcore right now. But what we've gone through in the short—gosh, it'll be five years—we'll be married in December. Um, it has been pretty crazy. Like, I know we're gonna—I'm—I I'm, mean, I—you never say for sure, but I'm pretty sure we're gonna make it in the long haul because of all the the stuff that we've pushed through. And like you said, you shouldn't stay in something just because you got married. I don't believe that, right? I believe like if—if if it's not. If it's not working and they're not willing to change and you're really unhappy and it's continual, you need to uh, I do agree getting out that being said, I see so many people who give up so quick and they think the grass is always greener on the other side and I thought that for a second too, and I was like, "Oh, well, maybe this relationship was better than this one, and when I think back, I'm like, we would have a hundred percent been divorced by now if we got married <laughs> when I think back to past relationships, and so the grass is not always greener, like what is that phrase water what you have or something or something like that. And so I just encourage you to think like, you know, yes, it's hard, but what is, what is it worth at the end of the day? Like those were some of the hardest years of my life so far. And it's been a hundred percent worth to to push through. And, you know, I, I I don't want to say like, I would have regretted it if we, if we did divorce because who knows where I would be right now, but I can say right now, I'm so thankful that we decided to not give up when most people would have. And I, a lot of my friends said point blank, I would have been done by now. Like, I can't believe you guys are still going at it. And I'm like, but you know, it's like as cliche as it is nothing hard, you know, nothing worth having is ever, ever easy. It's usually not that easy. And I kind of like even look at the word hard differently right now too. Like I'm trying to reframe, what does that mean? The more I say it's hard, the harder it is. So I'm trying to even like rephrase that a little bit, but Um, yeah, that's what I'd leave you with. I don't know if that like (laughs) made sense, but, um, don't give up as quickly as you want. Like if they're willing to try and you're willing to try, stick it out a little bit longer. It's kind of like that, um, that gold digger who was like digging gold, digging gold, digging gold gave up right before he hit it. And then the next person who started digging hit the gold. like that happens all the time. And I feel like that happens in marriage too. It's like, you're almost at that breaking point and give up right before, mm-hmm. gets hardest right before the breaking point. So that's, that's what I would say to leave. I feel like
0: <laughs> it's also, if you're like at a slot machine and you've been playing and then you give yes. up and some ass comes after and hits a fucking, you know, whatever it is, even though you're, you're like, like damn it no. yeah, no, I love that. And for me, there was this like calling of like, it's it's not done it could be done it could really fucking be done but it's like there is a part of you that still wants to try and I think when you get to that point and both of you have that I still want to try and it doesn't feel like I should or it doesn't feel like this is smart or it feels like I'm just banging my head against the wall if you both still have that inkling to try like you you do it you know what I mean 100% Um, I feel like it's the same thing with business anytime there's like a you know fucking hitting a, a is it a landmine the thing that blows up is not a gold mine gold mine is great like, <laughs> a mine where like you step on it and just like blows, yeah. blows you up or whatever it's like whenever you hit that it's just like you ride that out and on the other side is your fucking gold you yeah know?
1: Yeah. So yeah
0: I love 100%. that cool. I couldn't agree more Yay, yeah it. okay so Megan what I have two questions what is your definition of thriving right now it's called the just keep thriving podcast and our definition mm-hmm. of thriving changes and what causes yeah. us to thrive changes. So I'm wondering what thriving means to you right now.
1: Thriving means spending all my time with my puppy, Luna. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but not kidding. Um, I'm so obsessed with her. So my, i think say thriving for me, I have really been diving into trying to be as present as possible. Um, and I feel like I, I say that all the time, but I'm re- rereading the power of now and all that kind of stuff. And Even in my, I had a few retreats back to back. We did a lot of um, grounding work and stuff like that. And just like when I start to freak out about the future, when I start to freak out about business or money or this or that, or whatever spending or my, my marriage, I really just come back to presence. And that's when I truly do feel like I'm thriving is when I'm like as present as possible. And when I'm also like tapping into my creativity, especially singing, Um, when I'm doing that and I'm as present as possible, I really feel like I'm thriving. Not when I'm making the most money I've ever made. Not when I'm, you know, signing all the clients like that stuff's great, but that isn't when I felt the most thriving. It's truly when I'm tapping into my creativity and when I'm really present and not just future focused all the time.
0: Mm, I love it that was literally the cards I pulled this morning and I literally went to a garage sale and they had the power of now and they're like do you want it and I'm like I've read it but like I kind of feel like I should have it again oh my gosh yeah that's amazing Such a great book definitely recommend to read it if you have not that's also where the concept of thriving like actually came from it's like mm. if we're constantly chasing something to thrive mm. it's not it's like the now is is now <laughs> you're never yeah. going to Be in a state of thriving anywhere else than where you are right now, right? You're not going to be happier than where you can be right now.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Yeah, and that's why it's called the just keep thriving. Like you're, you're, I actually have it written on my little board under over there. Your only role is to thrive, your only job is to thrive.
1: I love Um, that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love Mm -hmm. that. Thank you very much. And if you can give a recommendation around what it, what helps you thrive in your business. Yes, being present and all of that stuff, but any anecdotes that you feel like come up for you right now, um, I think would be really helpful for my audience.
1: Yeah. I feel like Q4 is such a tricky quarter. I don't know when this will be released, I'm assuming Q4. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like, two, three weeks. Okay,
1: Okay, cool. So I feel like this is a tough quarter in a way because we wanna hit these goals that we set and everyone's reflecting and trying to rush and and hit things, right? And so I've noticed that with clients lately. Um, And so there's a lot of anxious energy right now. And so one of the things that just helps me really ground um, is taking time for me every day and setting really good boundaries. And so when I say time for me, that could be a morning routine, that could be a walk, whatever it is. But like without your phone, without checking messages, without jumping into uh, serving other people, like I feel like it's so easy to always be doing things for other people, whether it's our clients or our family. And even our morning routines can become really robotic and really like, oh, well, I have to do this because I have to, do you know, I can't, I've got to fill my cup up, but then it becomes like a to-do list. So for me, when I feel that way, mm-hmm. I start to try to shake it up a little bit and do, I'm going to a yoga moon ceremony thing tonight. And I never do that. Right. And I'm like, cool, let's do it. Let's shake it up. It's totally me out of my routine, but it's going to be such focused me time. And I'll have not, I won't have my phone. I'll have nothing else to do. That has really helped. And then setting boundaries, you know, even when it is a tough season, like I feel like I'm definitely talking to clients more right now and all that. But even then I need to set those boundaries. I won't check after a certain time, won't check on weekends, et cetera, and make sure that like, I can't be a great coach or a great partner if I am constantly depleted. Um, And if you're in that season where you feel like you're going, 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 I promise you there's an end in sight and just take that time that you need. Um, And your, your view time can look very different. It doesn't have to be you meditating. It doesn't have to be you sitting and reading. It could be dancing. It could be singing. It could be going for a walk without your phone. It could be playing with your puppy, like whatever that is for you.
0: Mm, I love that. You're always such a great example of that too. Like always upheld that. I try.
1: I'm like, not a nice person. If I don't get my me time and I've realized that (laughs) like (laughs) twice last week, I didn't when I was in New York and it like ruined my day not ruined my day but I was just like not as happy as I usually am I'm like damn I really need that time for myself otherwise I'm just not nice (laughs) oh my god that's amazing well thank you
0: so 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 much for being on the podcast again I'm sure you will visit again in the future um but Megan anywhere else besides Instagram that you want me to send everybody I will put everything down below
1: Okay, great. Yeah, we have a a lot of fun stuff going on in my Facebook group. Uh, We do some really great trainings in there exclusively. So I'll give you that link. And we have all our stuff at meganelaney.com, all the updates, anything that we're doing. We have a live course happening on November 1st. If this comes out by that time, I'll give you that link too. But all the updates are usually on Instagram. So um, you can just head on over there and, and check it out.
0: Yay. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. I love chatting with you. I can go on and on and on and on, but we need food and we have to go and do that. (laughs) Um, Thank you for being here. I love you so much. And if you guys like this episode, screenshot, tag us, all the things, leave a review, and we will see you soon.
1: Thank you. Bye.